Hello and welcome to Success Stories. I'm Kendra Hall, Chief Storytelling Officer at Success Magazine, and this is the podcast where we sit down with the brightest stars and the boldest thought leaders as they share their stories so you can create your own success story. This next conversation is as much an introduction as it is an interview. There have been a lot of exciting things happening at Success, and my next guest is a big reason why. Big things for the future, big things for you, our listeners, our communities, and no better person to tell you about it than the big thinker himself. Let's get to it. My guest today is Glenn Sanford. Glenn Sanford is the new CEO of Success Enterprises, the company that produces Success Magazine, Success.com, Success Plus, and you guessed it, Success Stories with Kendra Hall. He's a world-class entrepreneur, the founder of EXP World Holdings, which includes EXP Realty, the fastest growing real estate company in the world. With agent partners spread across North America and rapidly expanding to new international markets, EXP and Now Success have, as one of their core values, the ability for employees to work from anywhere. It's one of the many things Glenn is passionate about. Glenn, welcome to Success. We are so excited to hear your stories. Uh, Kendra, no, great uh, great to be here. I know you've been doing this, uh, this podcast for a while. I'm really honored to uh, be a part of it. So thanks for having me on. Well, I am really honored to have you here and and we'll get into the um we'll get into the nuances of your role and and our connection throughout our conversation, but there is a question that as of recently I've started asking guests. And and I should give you a little bit of the backstory. It's always a question I've wanted to ask, but I I kind of feel like it's an end of a podcast question. And so I would always have it like waiting for the end and then we would never get to it. So instead, I thought even though it's a big question, I didn't prep you at all for this, Glenn, I thought we would start here. My question to you is, what does success mean to you? Wow. Um, great question, uh, because it's so, so layered, multidimensional, mm-hmm. to, to say the least. Um, you know, I, I commented the other day in a uh, something I was in, uh, Josh Ellison, my, myself and Don Hobbs were on Clubhouse. And so the, the, the concept came up as well. And I truly think that success is just a mindset. It's like, and, and success is sort of that it's the one choice that each each and every one of us has wherever we're at that takes us into freedom. And so it's that mindset that sort of allows us to be in a place where, you know, the universe un, is, opens up possibilities. Uh, and, and then when you're in that, you can call it the zone, you can call it flow, you can call it whatever. But I truly think that that's it, you know, when we're in that space, no matter what go, is going on around us, we're successful at that moment in time. And, and so it starts with a mindset first. And then I, I, I think then 
what ends up happening is that we get the fruits of success, you know, at some point later, which, you know, and the, I, I call them the trappings of success because they're, they're to, to a large extent trappings, meaning that once you start to get the house and the car and the job and the career and the relationship and this and that, to some extent, they keep, they put you in a little box, but, but when you, when you're truly living in flow, there is no box. Um, you know, it just, you know, it just is. And, and so I think about the idea that once you get into that state of flow um, and you get that state of, you're doing the right things for the right reasons at the right time with, you know, with the right intention, then all of a sudden, all these other good things start to happen, which for a lot of people, that's what they define as success. It's all the stuff that comes from a success mindset. You know, I, um, it's funny because every day before I, I know I have some interviews to do, uh, I ask myself this question, like, how do you, like, what is success to you, Kendra Hall? Today it was, I was like in the bathroom, like brushing my teeth. And I thought to myself, I am so glad no one has asked me, like turned it around and asked me the question because I don't know if I could answer it. And part of the reason was exactly what you said right there. If I've learned anything and I, I hadn't been able to put it into words and you just did when you said, you said the mindset, but also these moments. Like I feel like I do have these moments where little, little slices of time. And sometimes they're just like five minutes. Sometimes it's a whole day or a whole story where I'm thinking, yes, this is it. I'm, this is what success is. And I had never, and when I asked myself that question, even this morning and I was kind of trying to put my finger on that, I thought to myself, no, that's not quite right because it, it sounds too fleeting. It sounds too temperamental. And you just made it make so much more sense. So I appreciate that. If you did that for me, I'm sure you did it for someone listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's, it is such a, you know, it's, you know, the word is, I, I mentioned multidimensional because it, it has so many different meanings depending on, you know, the context that you ask what does success mean? Because you you can live, you can be around successful people. And and when we say successful people, it almost always has to do with professional accomplishment. You know, so you think about the idea that, you know, that, that, you know, successful people are people who have, who have done something, accomplished something, made something, created something. And that's sort of the, the definition of success for, for a lot of people. And then, and then you think about, um, you know, there's the definition that success is a uh, is I think the pursuit and accomplishments of worthwhile dreams and goals, and so and then you've heard the the term success is a journey, not a destination, and and so there's all these different nuanced and and I, I got to think if you go back to the to the Greek because they always have like like ten different words for that we actually combine into one like they've got yeah. like the word love has like there's like five different versions of the word love here we say love and it's like we sort of know what somebody's talking about but then we have to sort of put it into context what are they, what are they asking about what, you know what's the what's the implication you can you can you can love a sport but is that the same as loving your spouse or is that the same as loving yourself? I mean, these are all different sorts of, 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 of versions. And what about, you know, and, and they, you know, there could be friendship love versus spousal love versus, you know, you know, subjects. So anyway, 
Here's here's one of the things that um, that I want to that I want to bring up to the readers just pause or readers to the listeners right now to pause for a moment. I've been so looking forward to this conversation with Glenn because I've had the opportunity to spend some time in conversation with Glenn, and you just find yourself sitting back and uh, like just the thoughts that happen in your head, Glenn. Are um, it's it's a really I've been so honored to be on the other side of hearing you say them. And I'm so excited that our listeners get to hear them too. And now you're making me want to go back and, and study Greek again. It's been a long time since I've, since I've done that. So one of the things that another place I wanted to start uh, as I did with that question about is success, this is um, particularly important for you and um and and me and and all of the success family who's listening right now and that is as they heard in the introduction you are the new ceo of success that is success magazine that is success plus that is success.com it is success stories with kendra hall this is you're the ceo um and I can't think of a more worthy person, but I'm curious, like what is your experience with success, the brand? Like what, do you remember the day when you were like, let's do this. Let's, I want to take on success. Yeah. Well, it was, it's really, it was really serendipitous. Um, I had built a relationship with uh, uh, the previous owner, Stuart Johnson. uh, And uh, we had uh, success magazine had done an article on a company that I founded EXP Realty probably probably two and a half three years ago and from that I built a relationship with Stuart Johnson he encouraged me um, suggested that we mail the magazine to all of our 15 20,000 agents at the time Uh, and I'm like that sounds like a great idea and then he told me what we could mail it to all of our agents for in terms of price per copy, including printing and mailing. And for me, it was a no brainer. It showed a, um, an interest in personal development in our agents and in investing in them. And so we, we, we did that. And so we became the largest single customer of success. We're 42,000 plus agents and brokers now, uh, and on, on the EXP platform. And for us, um, uh, what ended up happening is, is Stuart and I had a conversation in, I think, the very first of September. Like, maybe might have been like September first, second, third, someplace in there. And he said, "Hey, I'm I'm kind of selling off some of the assets that I have. Uh, you're a big customer, a big proponent of the Success brand. I think you should be the owner of Success." And I'm like, um, "Okay, that's that. That was sort of my first first comment." And so I had to noodle it for a couple of days. I yeah. presented it to. My, my board, I, I run a public company, EXP World Holdings. I'm the CEO, chairman of the board there. And, uh, you know, the initial take, and, and this is this is pretty typical anyway, you present a new idea, especially one that is half-baked to a board of directors, and it doesn't go over very well. And, <laughs> and, and it, it didn't initially go over very well. But that, that, was, that was fine because the, somebody else who was maybe trying to buy it sort of got back and, 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 and tried to put the deal back together. And so it sort of fell back out of, of possibility for us. And then uh, about the first weekend in December, in October, I got a call from Stuart again. He sent me a text and says, hey, I got 
want to talk to you about something. So, so I called him back and he says, hey, the, the opportunity is showing up again. Uh, are you interested? And of course, the, I'd had some time to process it, think about it, and, and, and sort of see the possibilities, not knowing it ever show back up. And I'm like, absolutely. And so without, I personally actually took money out of my own personal bank account and wired it to Stuart on Monday morning at the very beginning of the day as a non-refundable and saying, don't move. And so, so like, <laughs> Hey, I'm your, I'm your guy. We'll figure this out, but you know, don't, 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 don't move. Um, and so then we negotiated stuff over the course of about a week or two weeks. And then we put the deal together and then, and then we, and then, then I technically bought it initially, but, uh, but then 30 days later, uh, uh, sold it at the exactly the same amount that I paid for it to EXP world Holdings. So that's how it all sort of came together. Um, and, and it was really one of those, there was a phrase I heard years ago that opportunities are never missed. They're simply given to somebody else. And, and that's just one of the phrases that sort of always sits in the back of my mind that, you know, if an opportunity shows up, you know, you know, if it's a good opportunity, go for it. You know, how many of us, and, and, and I can tell you tons of times, maybe hundreds of times where I said, I've said, I knew I should have done this then. And yet I didn't take action on that thing. And this, this uh, like success magazine and, and everything that success stands for the success digital, all the things that it, it represents for me, it was like one of those scenarios where, you know, there's, there's certain homes and certain neighborhoods. I, in fact, I talked to Josh a little bit about this when he did a, 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 a video of me coming on to be CEO of success, but there's, there are homes in the neighborhood or in communities that never, ever hit the market, meaning that they're so special, so unique that they either get passed down to family or they get sold to very specific individuals because they're uh, believed to be the right caretaker, steward of this, this property. So, you know, some of the, you know, nicest, we'll just say nicest or estates or what have you, a lot of times you just, they just never come on the market. So you might have a, a goal of owning that home on the hill, but if you're not, you know, tied into the current ownership or, or what have you, you may never get that opportunity. So I was just fortunate enough to be right place, right time. Um, I had certainly built a, a, a relationship with the, with Stuart, the current owner. And so for, for me, it became like, Absolutely. Let's, uh, I'd love to be involved. So that's how it all came about. And, and, and now we're in the throes of figuring out what I got myself into. I, know. I, know. I, um, I, I find this so interesting and, and the two are connected so well, what you were saying about the definition of success. And when you put yourself, your definition or how you see success, and when you put yourself in that success mindset, in that flow, things start coming to you. And so clearly that, that was a state that you were in that success then the actual brand came to you um, and then it flowed away and then it came back. A question I do have for you is because I feel like, I feel like I've been in those moments where, where I'm in the right mindset, or even if maybe I'm not, I'm sure many of the people listening where opportunities have 
presented themselves. And, and they, they look a variety of different ways for every different kind of person we have listening to this podcast for every career or personal goal that they have where opportunities have come and like we hesitate. Like, what would you say to the person who right now maybe is listening to this and had an opportunity come up and they don't know whether or not to go for it? What, what is the process you go through to decide whether or not it's a good chance to take? Yeah, um, there's a there's a number of different you know processes that you you have to go through. And obviously, you, no matter how good you get at it, you're going to miss opportunities. I mean, that's mm-hmm. you know Warren Buffett talks about the fact that he missed an opportunity to invest in Amazon that he kicks himself for. You know, uh, yeah, I would. So, so, you, so you've got, <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, but he looked at it and he was like, "It's overvalued, overvalued." But you know, it's it's became now the the single biggest, most important retail enterprise on the planet for the most part, at least as far as we are concerned over here in North America. Um, so we're we're always going to miss opportunities. So recognize that that it's it's not a perfect science. Mm-hmm. The 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 key is is to take enough shots at at taking uh, risks that you get enough of them right. And, and then the other thing is, is to, to have an understanding that a lot of times the cost of the thing, meaning that if you get it wrong, a lot of times isn't the price going in, but some smaller segment of that. So let's, I'll, I'll go back to real estate. Um, yeah. uh, so, um, you know, I, it's, it's kind of, I, I'm licking my wounds a little bit on this one, but we have a motor coach. We've been traveling the country a bit. Um, right now we're, we're back home, but we were in Indio, California. And, um, and they've got these, it's called the Motor Coach Country Club. It's one of the nicest, if not the nicest motor coach um, RV park in the country, um, to use a term that most people will match up with. But it's got a golf course. It's got yeah. a, it's got, it's got <laughs> I'm a, like, those got, two, don't, they don't necessarily go together. Yeah. But I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. So so we're going. We need a place to park our park our coach. And, and so we had in our minds that we wanted to buy a spot there. And sure enough, we bought a spot there. And, and, and closed on it, moved our motor coach into the spot. About five or six days later, going what the hell are we doing in Indio, California? And, and so, but, so we've now actually literally been put our, put it back on the market, like less than like a month after the fact. But if we, if we really think about it, it's, it's not the, it's not the total amount that we paid for the lot. It's the, it's really the, the total amount that we paid for the lot, less the amount that we, we sell the lot for, you know, after commissions, which, generally speaking, isn't that much, you know, yeah, sure. It's a little bit and it's probably, it's more than, you know, some people would like to, to deal with, but it's not the end of the world. Right. And so, so if you can think about, you know, what if, um, if I always think about what's the worst case scenario, yeah. own the worst case scenario and, and say, if that happened, would I still be okay? And if, if you would, then, then go for it because it, it, it it's a great way to sort of evaluate whether something's worth going for or not. You're going to get a few wrong, absolutely, but you only need to get a couple couple right and you can have a home run that, you know, let, literally sets you up for the rest of your life if if, you know, from a financial perspective or a freedom perspective or a relationship perspective or what have you, you know, there you only need, you know, a couple of them to go right, but you got to you got to take, you know, shots 
at goal, you got you got to pick some shots. You got to pick some shots with some degree of understanding what the downside of getting it wrong is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and as long as you get you know a few of them right, you know you're typically going to be way ahead of the game. You know, it's my husband and I, Michael, literally just had this conversation now as we're talking uh, this morning. He had, um, we, you know, back to real estate. And I want to talk about your real estate experience. And there's a lot that we need to talk about. But we were, we, we went for a walk this morning. He had just put an offer in on a house. We have a small real estate portfolio. Um, and he just kind of, he set a goal this year to, to buy some more real estate. Uh, he'd put an offer in. It was a house. We live in New York City. The house was in Arizona. He hasn't seen it yet, but we've done this before. And he's like, "All right, I'm just going for it." And I remember we were we were on the we were on the street corner. We are about to cross the street, and he's like, "You know, I haven't really gotten it wrong before." And he was like, "I think." I mean, worst case scenario, exact conversation, the exact same conversation. The worst case scenario, we it isn't what we thought it was, and we just put it back up on the market, less what we, you know, whatever, whatever that was. And he said, I think it would be good to try to fail at some point. Cause if you only do things you know you can win at, how do you ever expand? I think there's um there's lessons in that taking that risk and and not making it coming up short buying a place in India. I was wondering why you were in India, but I figured you knew what you were doing. So <laughs> I was in uh, I was in a flow state. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny too, Glenn, because I was going to ask you: Was there ever a time that you took one of these risks and it didn't pay off? Uh, and I think you already answered that question. <laughs> so one of the things too that you know, and and that I'm excited to talk more about on this podcast and hear more of these stories is uh, the change in our lifestyle, like what it means to live and work and be now post 2020. And, and a big aspect of that is the work from home life, which I should tell you right now, my kids are out on our deck playing that this is the time that they get to play their video games with their friends because they don't get to see their friends at school or in person. Um, But they're out on the deck because we're all at home in the same apartment. Like it's loud. They I can't record a podcast here. Work from home is something that not only you believe strongly in uh, the virtual office, but like this is your, this is one of your specialties. So so tell me, I think maybe the best place to start is with EXP Realty in this entirely virtual world. Tell me about your love for virtual worlds. Yeah, so obviously you and I get to sit across the the uh, boardroom table every day in a virtual world every morning, 7.30 Pacific, which is what, 10.30 in the morning, typically Eastern time. Uh, we're we're talking about you know what are we going to accomplish for the day at success, and and it's inside of a virtual world for business a platform called Verbella um, that we use, and so and and so we actually bought the company a couple of years ago for 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 the parent company EXP World Holdings, but um, uh, back in two thousand nine, bottom of the housing market, uh, so we we'd had two thousand seven eight happened um, into two thousand nine housing market had cratered, 
mortgages were slight, sort of coming online, mainly because the Federal Reserve was basically backing up the, the, the lending market. But there weren't a lot of trans, real estate transactions going on compared to just a few years prior. Mm-hmm. And, and certainly real estate prices were down, a lot of short sales, a lot of just, just a lot of turmoil in the housing market. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a physical bricks and mortar based real estate operation with four offices. And so we had to close down three of them just to try to circle the wagons to keep from sort of going under. And then the, um, uh, we went to a skeleton crew on the fourth and then we really went back to, we went to the drawing board to kind of build a, a, a real estate brokerage model that would be profitable in good times and bad times. And that was kind of part of our business constraint. And we realized that bricks and mortar was a fixed expense that, that uh, uh, if you get it wrong uh, on either side, but, but more so if the company doesn't grow as fast as you want it to or downsizes, you're still stuck with this monthly lease uh, typically on a, on a building. And, and so I, I was going, you know, technology finally got to a place where you had a high-speed internet pretty much anywhere. You had 3G on your phones, you had cable internet in, uh, in your homes. And, and uh, as opposed to dial up just a few years earlier. Right. And so we'd hit this perfect store where technology had finally got fast enough uh, to be able to, to do most of the things that you would go to a physical office to do. The only thing that it didn't do is it didn't in generally replace the office. And mm-hmm. so we said, how do we build uh, collaboration and community if we don't have a physical office? And, uh, you know, social networks like Facebook, you know, was starting to get some pretty decent traction in 2009, and and we're going well. Maybe we can use social media as a as an outlet. And we're like, yeah, that doesn't quite work. Well, we can use Skype. So that was another one. We can we can use Skype or GoToMeeting, um, and and that'd be another way. And thinking, well, that's so transactional, meaning that you know it's got to be meetings that's worth people actually you know scheduling their time to actually do it, and then they're basically orphans for the rest of their day. And mm-hmm. so thinking about the difference between you know how when people work in a physical office. And, and at the same time, in 2007, 2008, there was a platform called Second Life still around, but it was a social network that was built yeah. using a virtual world. And so uh, I thought that, that it, it was a lot, it was interesting to go use Second Life. But what I found was it was very fragmented, meaning that you you had no idea who you were going to run into on the Second Life um, uh, grid or, or or in their in their metaverse. Um, they could be somebody who's exactly like you, which is like basically non-existent. There's only, you know, with same interests or whatever, or, or you're going to find somebody that has these really bizarre ideas or whatever. So you have this really unique set of people that be on Second Life. I'm going, this makes n- no sense to try to, to, to use it. But what if we were to have our own virtual world that was dedicated just to the subject of real estate and, the, and dedicated to the subject of our company? Wouldn't that make sense? So we, we actually went in and, and built um, an EXP world using a platform at the time called Teleplace. Uh, we showed up as avatars on October 6, 2009. I sent everybody home with their computers and literally told them, everybody said, this is either going to work or it's not going to work. If it doesn't work, we're going to all be looking for work. So that was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so we kind of burnt the, the boats you know, uh, on our, uh, as we went and hit the beach. And uh, started with about 25 folks, and we, we met every day in our virtual world, very similar to what we're doing right now uh, on a daily basis, just figuring out what do we need to knock off, what do we need to knock off, what do we need to do, what do we need to do, who can take this, who can take that, 
we all were sort of running like our head with our heads cut off, trying to put the pieces together to sort of stand up this new real estate brokerage. And we, we launched it and now we're 42,000 agents, uh, 11 and a half years later, nine countries. And, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's been, uh, it's been a quite a rocket ride. So do you, I want to, I want to go back. It's interesting talking to, uh, real estate friends or, um, or anyone who has had like a major business shakeup in there, not, not just like a, Oh, this, but like, but like, like 2008, like 2020. Um, but especially for my real estate friends who have been, who've seen, who've been through it before those more, more focused on real estate. Uh, that was, that was like a pandemic in and of itself. Um, do you remember, like what it felt like those, you know, you're going through that crash and you, you close down those offices and you send everybody home. Like what was, I, I, I'm just trying to wrap my head around how people felt and what they thought, what you thought, were you, were you like, this is, uh, where was your head at, at that point? Cause this is 2009, like nobody, like, like oh, a, decade ago and you were doing what everyone else is kind of trying to figure out now. So what did that, what did that feel like back then? Do you remember that day, October 6th? Yeah, October 6th. So yeah, it was definitely an interesting day. Um, you know, because we, we had to, one, we had to build a compelling business model that, that we thought that agents would want to be a part of, especially if they were going to give up their physical offices, mm -hmm. because almost every agent in the country was going to a physical office. So we, we said, you know, what would it, and I, I, I always use this term focus group of one, what would be the set of ingredients that would be necessary for me to be willing to untether from my physical office and come to work for a fully virtual real estate brokerage? And so we had to work on what that what that value prop was. And so we said, okay, well, we've got to be a little bit less expensive than our bricks and mortar counterparts because agents need want to make as you know, there's not as many transactions, so they need to make more on the transactions that they do do. And then and then we we played with the idea that you know we wanted agents to benefit from helping us grow the brokerage. So we sort of took a page out of Keller Williams' book and put what we refer to as a revenue share model in place. Mm -hmm. um, and then, um, but. What we what we did, you know, and I built out uh, some projections or some potentials of what we thought could happen if we got things right. Uh, we actually thought we'd have a thousand agents by the end of the first year. Um, so we, I think, we were like maybe 130 by the end of the first year. Oh, really? So, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so we we definitely um, uh, definitely over or undershot our, our initial projections. Um, but we also, I think are going to overshoot our long, our, our long-term projections. We thought that maybe we get to 50,000 agents at some point or 42,000 agents now. So we'll be 50,000 agents in six months or, or less easy. Right. So, so it will be fairly, fairly easy to get to, 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 to 50,000 agents. But when we were back there, we, we just looked at it from the perspective of is, is the value proposition good enough that I would want to work there? And if we could answer that affirmatively, then we believe that we could find other agents that would, would answer the same way. Right, right. So now having, now having done business in a virtual world for a decade, um, 
not going to an office. And and I know it depends on it depends on who you talk to. I have you know, friends in all different industries. Some have already declared that they are never going back to the office. That that has been the decision. Some have said we are only going to go back on an as need, you know, hybrid basis. And some just haven't said anything at all. Um, and and of course, everyone's then their individual experiences while working from home. Um, and feeling disconnected and missing that camaraderie. And, and these are all new challenges that, you know, people are, are facing, uh, except they're not new for you. This is, you've been doing this for a decade. So what are some of the things that, you know, for people who are maybe have just found out that they're not going back to an office and that now they are going to be completely virtual or remote, um, what are what are some of the things that you've seen? The good, the bad, the uh, I don't want to say ugly because it's kind of nice. People don't really see you. This is the first time I've seen your face in a long time. Yeah, yeah everyone's going to have a. It's going to come at it from a different a different place. You know, there's you know if you're in a small little apartment and and you're you know um, you know it's going to be tough, especially if you're trying to juggle you know, kids and family and cooking and this and that, you know, all the things that go along with, with, with that. And then, um, so, you know, so I think there's a, there's kind of a reset that has to take place for people. People have to sort of understand that they're going to have to adapt or in some way to our current normal and potentially the new normal or, or what will be the sort of the next normal, whatever that, that next normal is. And so if we, if we sort of approach that and keep in mind that you know, change is always constant, you know, I think there's a lot, a lot of people, I think a lot of people are un, who are unhappy in life. And so this is what comes back to the mindset and success and what that means and all that stuff. A lot of people are, that are unhappy in life are really just, they just resist change. They resist what is when, you know, the, the fact that there's a pandemic going on You've got you've got a choice. You can just say you can go. You can resist it and go. Man, I'm I can't believe that you know all these people are getting sick and that there's now we got to wear masks and we got to do all this stuff and and they're just resistant. And they're resistant and you can see it in their social media. You can see it in their like all kinds of stuff. And you're sitting there going, man, these guys are going to send themselves to the hospital. Like COVID's not going to get them. Their <laughs> attitude's going to get them. Yes. Um, whereas if you just sort of go, okay, everything's changing. Right now, that you know, we've got this this thing called COVID going on. I've got to I, I've got to adapt and sort of own the fact that that's what's going on. Uh, all of a sudden, it gives you a, gives you possibilities because you just you just today this moment in time. These are the realities, and and then there is a little bit of distance uh, between this moment a moment in time when everything changes till you get things sort of reworked out to work for you. But everybody can figure out a new a new normal. Or, or next normal, like everybody can figure that out. And, and there's a term we use called tensions. And so, um, and we, we have our, our morning standups and we've got a, a column called tensions. And, and tensions are basically, by definition, anytime what you imagine in your mind's eye as being how things should work versus the way things are working. So, so anytime that there's a disconnect there, that creates a tension 
And then, you know, what we are as, as human beings, we're actually tension solving devices, people like we actually solve tensions like that. Like when we're in flow, it's really, we're really solving problems. And those you call those tensions or whatever. And so you say, okay, well, things are like this right now. Things should be like this. How can I, or how might this work and how, how might I make this better? And so if people sort of adopt that mindset, then eventually it gets to the point where it's like, they're less con concerned about what, what is, is going on, but more concerned about the mindset they bring to whatever's coming at them. So I think that's the first part. Second part, I think, is that um, if, we, if we understand what technology was already doing, what, what it already was enabling, yeah. the, the, the fact is, is that we're now uberly connected to people all over the world that just... 12, 13, 14 years ago, we weren't connected with at any level like we are today. You think about Facebook being the primary vehicle that we're all connected through nowadays. And if, if we're smart, we tend to maybe disconnect from Facebook because it can also be a distraction, but it brings people together in, 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 uh, in, in ways where you can, you can meet people that are exactly, have your same interests, have your same values, have your same you know, clubs, if you're, if you like collecting whatever from a particular corner on a, on a particular street in New York, which I'm sure there, there are certain shops in New York that people shop at from all over the world, well, you can be connected to those people. And, 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 and so your ability to sort of, you know, connect with these people because of technology is pretty phenomenal. You're not going to do that normally in a physical bricks and mortar office. So, so you think about, you know, what are all the positives that can come from working virtually? Who are the people you can be connected to that you would never have a chance to be connected to if you're physically having to go to the same office each and every day? Um, and so you actually get an opportunity to sort of almost up level by, being, by working remote versus a lot of people sort of thinking about, well, I, I'm, I'm not connected to people or I need to be around people or what have you. Well, Inside of that is also an equal, another opportunity, which is how to connect with other people in different ways that, you know, can, can take you in some pretty unique directions. Yeah. How I, I hadn't considered, I hadn't considered that, um, you know, like, oh, I need to be with people. Just that statement alone is pretty passive. So then, yeah, how do you, and now you get more choice on what people you're spending your you're spending your time with. So, Glenn, let me ask you: um, What do you see next for success? Like you took, I I mean, I I think it's interesting because you took an idea back before anyone else was thinking of about doing it, or it was a little fragmented thought, right? Second life. I remember randomly hearing about it. And that's only because I loved playing the Sims. And so people are like, Oh, have you ever played? I love the Sims. And I do feel like our virtual office, it feels like it feels a little bit like the Sims um, in a good way. Uh, but you took this kind of like offshoot idea. And now, I mean, look at the success um, for EXP. What do you see next for like, what do people have to look forward to for the success brand? Am I allowed to ask you that? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, <laughs> yeah, I think one of the things that I noticed um, 
is that success was uh, as a brand was somewhat not not totally but it was it was it was somewhat one dimensional meaning that it really was pushing content out great content i sub- i've subscribed we mailed the magazine out to our agents and 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 uh, and i've certainly bought the magazine over the years and it's been and i think this is historically it's, and it's 123 going on 124 year history it's been a a push publication so meaning that it pushes content out it puts stuff in a magazine it pushes out if it interests people people subscribe to the magazine and and then and then maybe there's a poll from that perspective but you don't know what's going to come in the magazine each and every issue or each and every article so it's just so it's a one directional um, magazine when i think about that all the times in my life when I've had the most success to use a sort of a quantitative perspective. It's been when I've been truly around like-minded, positive, goal-seeking, goal-setting, goal-seeking, goal-achieving individuals. So I, I think we on the on the magazine it says what achievers read. Mm. And 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 so the the readership of success magazine, in my opinion is way more valuable than the content of the magazine. So if I can figure out ways to be engaged with the community, co-creating, co-consuming, co-curating, co-whatever, I think that that's a really interesting paradigm, a really interesting um, way to to reorganize what, what success means. So I, 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 I haven't come up with my catchphrase yet for this, but I, I think it's something to the effect of I've yet to meet somebody who doesn't want to be successful. Right. So everybody wants to be successful, you know, and some level they are successful and some people are overtly successful, but everybody wants to be successful. And when you, when you prime people the right way, meaning that if you prime them with the right, right thoughts, they tend to operate a certain way. And, and so we're all hypnotized at some level to be who we are. And so the more that we can sort of create opportunities to, for all intents and purposes, I, I'm using the word hypnotize loosely, but to hypnotize ourselves into a success mindset, the more successful things are going to happen to us, for us, by us. And so that, in, in my opinion, could be some of the magic that can happen by sort of opening up success to everybody. So that's, those are some of the things that I've been sort of just noodling, trying to play with. Uh, I haven't articulated it well. I'm not even sure if I articulated that well there, but the, the idea is I want to create an opportunity or create a platform. And, and I, I say, I, but I really mean, we want to create a platform that allows people to truly bring their best selves to a platform and then from that we'll even level up from there by being around other people who are also bringing them their best selves to a platform yeah i i mean i i think about it and even in the you know the 
the the dreaming of phases, right? Of like what this could be. And 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 I feel the same way when I've been at my best is when I'm in a room or I'm listening to a podcast or I'm re- you keep uh you keep mentioning the word flow. Have you read that book, Flow? I haven't read that, but obviously it's a it's a word that's been used quite a bit, especially for like teams ap- operating at a high level, you yep. know, getting into flow states and I, I mean, even even sometimes just like reading the right book puts you right, like kind of puts you in there. And and I just think about I, I hadn't heard that articulated before that it was a uh, push message and what happens when it becomes a more co-creative one and, and the opportunities there for the, you know, we can say the success community, but this would actually be has the potential to truly be a community with people getting together, whether it's whether it's live or whether it's virtually, uh, so many opportunities there. Well, yeah, and by the time, I think by the time this actually goes live, we'll have uh, dreambuilders.com uh, really flowing really well. So you, of course, know uh, about that, but you know, we've, we've actually launched, it's actually one of the domains that was owned by Success Enterprises, dreambuilders.com. Mm. And we were looking at the idea of how can we bring all of our you know, millions of success enthusiasts, success, um, uh, basically our audience, how can we bring them to one platform to basically build each other up and then also be built up? And, and uh, when I saw we owned it's dreambuilders.com, I said, well, that's a great domain. Why don't we, why don't we beta something out there? So we've been doing that now for a number of weeks. It's starting to take on a life of its own. Um, we have hundreds, maybe over, maybe over a thousand people without any advertising whatsoever that are in there literally, you know, doing exactly that because they sort of, they, they get it from day one um, that this is a platform for leveling up to actually help people be their best selves. And, and then that combined with Success World, which is our, our virtual world for work platform that we use. And that's, again, that's a totally open platform as well. We're just trying to create lots of opportunities for serendipitous, meaningful collisions with people who are, at that moment in time, living their best selves, uh, bringing their best selves to what it is they're doing so that, that we can all sort of um, you know, create this really unstoppable force. Yeah. Oh, can I ask, like, are they, can we tell people how to join us in Success World? Is that something we can talk about? On yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. So you can go to uh, successworlddownload.com. Um, and so that, that'll be um, alive by the time this podcast goes, uh, goes up. Uh, you can also, by the, the time this goes up, uh, likely uh, see some links right off of success.com. Okay. And then, and then we also already have some links right from dreambuilders.com uh, okay. describing how to download and install Success World. So we've got a number of different sort of ways you can get into the Success World. It's totally free. You can set it up. You can set up an avatar, come in, run into me, you, Josh, all the people that are part of the the um, success team, but then also other people who were success is, uh, I've heard the term passion project. Um, some of our members are that passionate about being involved with a brand that has you know, meaningfully impacted their lives over the years. 
and they just want to be a part of it giving back. Yeah. I've been, I'm excited for more people to be in there. Sometimes I go, I go in there and I just sit in my office at the success offices and I just sit there and hope that someone will come in and talk to me. I mean, it's my avatar. I need to change her clothes. She's been wearing the same outfit for a while now. So uh, I have to do a little wardrobe change, but for everyone listening, it really is. It's going to be what, what, what's ahead for success and for the brand and for that co-creative interaction is just so it's so thrilled. I'm so excited. Uh, I think I'm going to go over to the office as soon as we are done here, just so I can go and hang out for a little bit. So Glenn, um, one last question for you. Is there a person whose story has inspired you? Yeah. Well, certainly probably, probably my dad was my most formative mentor, um, over the years. Um, you know, we, when we, when I was, uh, when I was really young and I still remember just, just barely, but when, when I was born, uh, we had a single wide manufacturer home in, in Northern Alberta. Um, and, uh, um, and, and then we moved to, um, to a place called Abbotsford, British Columbia, Canada, um, with our home. And then, um, and then eventually, um, uh, you know, we, my dad, you know, ended up being a Dell Carnegie instructor, uh, he ended up. Um, um, he and my uncle bought a bought a granola manufacturing business, um, and and I think that you know his positive outlook on life. Uh, he never ever even when he had a bad day, which he had some, he never really showed it. He you know he always came from the perspective there's always something good going on, and that there's there's always more reason to be positive than negative. And and I think I've taken that with me over the years that uh, you know that people follow positive people, and uh, uh, and so he's been you know he was really probably my most significant mentor over the years, and and uh, fortunately he's uh, still around, um, oh. and uh, so he and I do still get to spend some time chatting. He's back in northern Alberta, not far from where I was born. Um, and, uh, but, uh, looking forward to borders opening up again so we can actually go visit each other more easily. Right. Right. You know, I, um, every time I ask that and someone says their mother or father, um, I love hearing those stories. I love just that small opportunity to get to meet your dad, because as a parent myself or really anybody who, who has access to or is able to influence an incoming and upcoming generation, uh, how important that is when we have bad days or, you know, we're all going to have bad days or whatever it is uh, to know that they're watching and that as we live our lives, we are a story that then they can use for themselves for better or worse. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Glenn, I wanted to say thank you so much for spending this time with us here today. I'm so thrilled that the Success audience got another opportunity to hear from you, to get to know you. Um, Hopefully, they will already know you by the time this airs because they'll be there with uh, dreambuilders.com will be joining us in the success world. But I know there are so many more exciting things to come. And I'm so grateful that you were here to share your story. Awesome. Thank you, Kendra. 
If you enjoyed this conversation, look up an inch or down an inch and check out all of our previous discussions. You can find those at iTunes, Spotify, Overcast, Stitcher, or wherever finer podcasts are sold. And of course, check out the latest issue of Success Magazine by heading over to success.com slash subscribe and get more inspiring stories like this delivered right to your front door. Be sure to give us a review on Apple iTunes and you can find me at kindrahall.com or on Instagram at kindrahall. That is Kindra with an I. I can't wait to hear the stories you'll tell. Until next time. <laughs>